Welcome to Let's Talk It All. I'm Anvil. And I'm Jeff. And tonight we're talking about, well, the subject matter just isn't right. 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 Hitler. Nine. <laughs> Nine. Don't cough. Where's my sauce and throw? Awesome, Papa. My temp. Yeah, so tonight's subject is. Hitler and the Third Reich and this rise, the rise to power and uh, some of his background information and uh, and a whole of other subjects today as well. I'd reckon we'll hit all kinds of things. We'll talk maybe, it all. Yeah, we'll talk it all. Maybe a little North Korea and uh, who knows what else. Yeah. Well, I guess we well, we no, we're pop no, our mouths. No, time. actually, we yeah. probably don't know what else we're talking about tonight. So. Yeah, we do try to wing it a lot. We are, we are as surprised it. as you folks are when it happens. You know, and normally I, I actually have a cheat sheet. I actually take my time. You know me. I actually study everything. Study, yeah. And uh, I actually have three biographies on Hitler. And two are in sync and one is out of sync. But anyway, um, I uh, I usually make a cheat sheet. And, of course, um, on my lunch, I was going to review it at work. And I left it at work like a moron. So, but I did memorize most of the information, so we, uh, we should be okay. Okay. Right. So, uh, I guess we'll just we'll just dive into it now. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hitler was born um, in the late a poor world. black child. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. not really. Well, no, that was, no, no. He was like Jesse Owens. We all know that. Uh, but uh, remember the Olympics that were held in Germany? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, work. Okay. Google it, it. Yeah, Google <laughs> it. Uh, Jesse Owens was actually once considered the fastest man on the planet. Faster Superman. Uh, but anyway, um, Superman, I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, Hitler was born, and I believe, I, you know, again, cheat sheet, but I believe it was 1889. Uh, and he was actually born in a, a little town, and it's, the name of the town starts with B and has N in it. That's all I got. That's all I can remember. Um, now, he had, uh, you know, a sister to at least one brother, uh, Olus, if I remember correct, his brother's name was. Um, you know, very mediocre family. Uh, his father was a very hard man. Uh, his father used to beat the hell out of him, actually, from what I understand. Um, and he was a government worker, was like post office or something, a very equivalent. Uh, and, uh, well, Hitler grew up in that environment, uh, and his father passed away when uh, he wasn't really that old. And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, Hitler went out on his own and uh, tried to make a mark in the world, and he uh, obviously didn't do very well in the beginning. Um, he actually uh, lived in boarding houses for much of the time. He was in France, uh, Paris, um, and uh, he would sell postcards. He would make postcards, drawings, little drawings. He used to be an artist. Yeah, kind of. Tried. He thought he was anyway. You know, he thought he was an architect too. <laughs> um, anyway, he uh, he would try and uh, make money by selling his little postcards um, until uh, the war broke out, which was uh, World War One. Um, and he actually enlisted in the Bavarian, Bavarian army um, as his dispatch runner. And this is the people who used to carry the signals back and forth. And he was very far behind enemy lines, actually. And uh, he was actually wounded twice in battle. And he uh, got awarded two different uh, medals for uh, combat wounds. And he had one for heroism, actually, as well. Um, and the funny thing, the one by that was awarded for heroism, uh, I think it was... A, a, 1917, his commanding officer was Jewish, and he's the one to put him up for the recommendation. I just thought that was kind of a weird twist. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, so he got the Iron Cross. I remember it was actually the Iron Cross with two openings or something like that. Um, so that was the uh, the young life of uh, Mr. Adolf Hitler. Hmm. Yes. Wasn't it Pat Clark? Was that his father? Or was I that someone else I was thinking of? I think that was his father, actually. I think. It was a government job, and, I mean, and again, it, I, I think it was a, a patent clerk. Hitler yeah, was never a patent clerk. Yeah. Was Edison a patent clerk? Someone was a patent clerk. Who? I don't know. Edison? Uh, it might have, actually, might have been Einstein. I don't know. Einstein. Einstein. It was Einstein, Einstein. Einstein. yeah. yeah. Uh, who was actually Jewish as well. It's a whole other um, show. And actually, he was in Germany at one point, and he actually uh, escaped Germany, if I think correctly, before the war began, because he knew the persecution the Jews was going yeah. on, and uh, Einstein decided it's time to hightail it out of there. Um, which is kind of good for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yes. Um, what what uh, what information do you have on Mr. Hitler? Um, not as detailed as you. I haven't read any books about him. Just history books and things I've seen. I mean, he was kind of a mixed bag of tricks. Crazy. Yeah. Um, definitely had the cult of personality going on when he got to that point, but he wasn't. 
he was a charismatic personality, but he wasn't what I would consider a charismatic person. Right. He uh, not like we think of them today. Right. He. Uh, the one thing you see over and over again from eyewitness accounts, you know, most of these people are dead now, by the way, obviously. Um, but uh, the one thing that strikes me most when I read the, the, you know, the first-hand accounts of Adolf Hitler was his speaking ability. And the one thing about that is I went back and actually in the past have watched, you can actually find the YouTube folks, by the way, if you're ever interested. You can actually watch, some of them have been subtitled to English, so you get a good understanding. You have to watch it in German. But uh, he speaks German, obviously. But um, he, he'll stand there on stage for a good five, ten minutes sometimes, um, not doing anything, just kind of surveying the crowd, and they're getting rambunctious, and they're excited, and they want to see him speak, and he just lets the momentum build, and he starts out very slowly and very articulately and very slowly uh, and softly, and he starts to build his octaves as the speech goes on, until, you know, towards the end, it's such a climatic a moment, um, and he's reaching up at the sky in, in different videos or reaching towards the crowd and his, his eyes are aflame. His eyes, I mean, look like they're flame in the mind. You can see that in black and white. It's amazing. And he actually had really deep blue eyes. A lot of people don't know that about him. And that was the, the physical aspect that most people remember about Hitler the most when you met him was he had piercing blue eyes. Just the, the, uh, the one phrase <laughs> I kept reading over and over again. Um, he would stare intently at someone almost like he was looking right through them. Uh, made people very comfortable and very uh, intimidated by him, which would, you know, have something to do with Yeah, I didn't know how that, because I thought, I thought it was funny that he was a leader of the Third Reich when the, what they had envisioned as the Aryan race seemed to be the exact opposite of him. Yeah. Uh, but he did the blue eyes, so I guess that would yeah, be part of it. Piercing blue eyes. A lot of people thought he had, you know, if you hear it, they'll understand he, you know, he had brown eyes, and actually know he had very deep new piercing eyes hmm. um, and it's the one trait that people remember most about him other than his incredible speaking and you know to be honest I've never seen anyone uh, in my lifetime not John F. Kennedy um, nobody not Obama nobody um, that could give speeches the way Hitler did he had a certain gift in that was it he knew how to rile people and keep them captivated. you know just totally you well, know, captured up until yeah. two years ago. Up until two years ago. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> That's right, folks. We are eight minutes in, and we have our first Donald reference. <laughs> which, Donald you had to know, if we, were talking, if we were talking about Hitler, we were talking about Don at some point. Well, yeah, people are starting to make uh, I mean, you know, comparisons, you know, trying to make comparisons anyway. I, I think it's way off, but that's what people say. Well, They're from, both, a, from a general standpoint, he... Well, they're very. They're both uh, very uh, strong-willed. Yeah. Uh, bullies, if you will. I guess Trump, you could say, he was a bully. I mean, Trump is a bully. Yeah, you can't. I guess you can't deny that. Um, so can I guess a, there are some. Get a crowd riled up. Yeah, you can do that. Um, his crowd. I mean, Hitler's. And part of the thing with Hitler too, and at least my understanding again, I'm going basically on, you know, whatever things I've seen and heard, and my view of things. He. When he started to come into power, he was, his country was beaten, devastated, they had lost the war, and, well, and, and the other countries kind of rubbed their nose and they lost the war. They were, they were a beaten country. Well, it, and here's the thing about the war, they didn't real, really lose the First World War. What has happened is Germany just decided that, okay, enough was enough, and they came to the armistice table, and anyway, France, Britain, the United States all put the pressure... Uh, the, uh, the Axis powers, who really was Germany in most, um, and saying, well, it's your fault. Even though it, the start of the war could be argued that it wasn't just uh, Germany did not start the war, but I, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying it can be argued either way. Remember, the victors always decide the history, and that's just the way it is. But yes, Germany was under extreme, extreme sanctions, and you know, they, they give up GDP to the countries that were affected by the war. They were a very poor, broke country. That is exactly true. You know, and his his crowd, his people, his constituency, whatever you want to call it, his, his deplorables, were looking for that person that was that was there to tell them, "We're going to be great again. Yeah, we're going to make Germany great again." And that's exactly what Hitler. Or Hitler. <laughs> oh Trump, my boy, Trumpler, Trumpler, Trumpler. 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 Um, And again, I'm not. I don't. 
I don't think Trump is on the same level as crazy as Hitler wanted to be. Um, and I don't know how much of the crazy was Hitler. He put some very crazier people in key positions that I think, to a certain extent, really kind of went above and beyond what he probably thought their scope was yeah, I think Himmler, in, in their jobs. Himmler, Himmler may have been crazier than uh, Hitler. Himmler other ones. Nuts. There, there yeah, were other yeah. wackos. Yeah. But, again, my opinion. Um, you know, you know, uh, oh yeah, well, Hitler, you know, obviously, uh, the rise to power, if you will, um, when he tried to overthrow the government the first time, and I think it was 1923 or 24, he was, you know, obviously found guilty of uh, whatever against the state, and uh, he was sentenced to five years in prison. Um, he only served nine. He was out the same year by December, and uh, he wrote My Camp or My Struggle. Um, which, when he did come to power in Germany in 1933, he uh, it became mandatory that everybody would have a copy of Mein Kampf in their house. And, uh, it, oh, you know, there's a lot of slim... Talk about capitalism. Yeah, right, yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of similarities between him and the North Korean regime. Uh, if you go into a North Korean home, or you've seen videos of it anyway, um, there's always pictures of the, the great leaders. You know, the first two, uh, his father, his grandfather and his father, mm -hmm. are all over their houses and their, their different writings, their books that they wrote. His, his father wrote books, um, and in almost every house you'll find that in North Korea. It's, it's a very similar uh, type of environment and social structure and control of the people um, in North Korea that Hitler had over the Germans. Um, very fascinating. You know, very fascinating. And, you know, another thing about Hitler, uh, again, when I said I, I, I had read three books, or I had three books on Hitler, there was one book that was different than the other two. And, and I remember, as I said before, that uh, the victors always write the history of the world. You know, if there's a war or a country invades another one and they get away with it and they, they conquer that, that country, um, they're the ones who write the history, um, as incorrect it may be. And there was a mini-series put out, um, and it was called Hitler, Rise of Evil. And it was based on the book that didn't match the other two. Um, it made Hitler to be out a homophobic, uh, not a homophobic, it was actually, they, they actually uh, put the idea out there that he was, um, you know, uh, he was gay, uh, or at least uh, bisexual, um, where I could find no evidence of that in personal testimony or in the other two volumes, you know, that I had read. Um, and I'm just using that as a, you know, small portion um, trying to make sure that when you when you watch something on TV or you, you watch a documentary, you know, try and find out, you know, where they're getting their information from and see how accurate it is. Another thing they said about Hitler was, you know, he, that uh, he wasn't really wounded in battle and he found ways to stay in the hospital longer. I mean, he didn't, you know, the, the Iron Cross was awarded after he became in the power, um, which the Iron Cross itself wasn't maybe the oak you know, the two oak leaves were the added benefit of, you know, the Iron Cross. They may have been added later, that I don't know. Um, but there's certainly no evidence that it was, you know, handed to him after he came into power or something and pinned on himself. And that's just the kind of crazy stuff they put out there to demonize people. And granted, now I'm not saying Hitler didn't need to be demonized. I mean, he was an evil, evil person. <laughs> well, make sure I get this out straight. But you, you got to have a balance in history, and you have to tell history the way well, it really was. And I think you need to stay on point. Um, to to pile on Hitler's plate that he's homophobic when probably in 1930, 1940, um, I would think probably 90% of the world I misspoke. I had, had issues with, well, maybe not issues, but it wasn't discussed, it wasn't dealt with, it wasn't right. recognized. And I misspoke. I didn't mean to say homophobic. Uh, it, the impression they were giving that he was actually gay. Homosexual. Yeah. Um, I do apologize. Well, I'm here again, you know, piling onto his plate. Okay, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, but right. if he was, I, I can see where the homeless might want to get that taken care of and <laughs> dismissed right away. Is that right? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, Between yeah. them and Jay Egger. Well, you know, here's another interesting thing about, about Hitler. Now, he had, a, he had a nephew named William Hitler, and William Hitler grew up in Ireland. Um, and William Hitler ended up coming to the United States asking, and it was Truman, or was it Roosevelt, I can't remember if it was Roosevelt or Truman, 
uh, may have been Truman, but he asked Truman to become a U.S. citizen and so he could join the U.S. military, which he did, by the way. Uh, he was granted that right by the President of the United States. And it was a great propaganda for us that we had William Hitler, Hitler's direct nephew, <laughs> in the armed force of the United States fighting against the Nazis. But the, the idea, here's, this is the great thing, and this is, and this is one of those, those lies that you hear everywhere, or propaganda, I should say, you hear everywhere, and it's completely untrue, that Hitler's grandfather was Jewish. The person who started that was William Hitler on the behalf of the United States as propaganda. There's no truth whatsoever that Hitler's grandfather was Jewish. Nada. Not one iota. Um, and that's just one of those things that is just misconceived all this time. And you still hear it. You know, any place you, you know, people bring it up in a conversation. You know, Hitler's grandfather was Jewish or his grandmother was. Or they get the facts all screwed up and totally untrue. And, and, you know, I think that's, I think that speaks to the way life was in the 40s, the 30s, the 40s, compared to now. You got you got this nephew, direct relative nephew yeah. of Hitler yeah, first, that first wants Hitler. wants to make things right. Well, no, see that wasn't it. He wants I, to. I sh well, okay. Look, I should have added more. I should tell the whole story. See, I'm terrible at this. William Hitler first started going after Hitler when he went to Germany, and he, he told his uncle, oh, "Look, I want an important job. I want this. And I want that." And you know, you wanted all the stuff. You wanted the handed oh, stuff. Okay. And he, but you see, now Hitler wasn't giving in. The old man wasn't giving in. So William said, you know, if you don't do this, and he went back to Britain by the time, he went over to Ireland by this time, and he goes, if you don't do this, he wrote his uncle a letter, if you don't do this, I'm going to start telling people that your great-grandfather, your granddaughter, was so Jewish. He was extortionist. Yeah, he was trying to extort Adolf Hitler. You can't make... So Adolf was smart. You know, he's like, oh, all right, okay, you want to play that game? So he's like, come back, everything's forgiven, just come back to Germany. Hitler was going to knock him off. Well, yeah, I think that would be... But still, even back then, to think that it'd be you could, I guess my thought would be at least now, making a claim to be this guy's relative be the last thing I'd want to do. <laughs> Joining the military service, like that'd be like if I was Osama bin Laden's <laughs> nephew, thinking, "Oh, okay, I'll show what a great guy he is. I'll join the U.S. military." Corporal bin Laden. <laughs> You know I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me every single night at boot camp. You know that's going to happen. Well, well the military used him for a very specific you know, reason. He was a big propaganda machine for him. You'll see I'm films. Just, You'll I'm see just, U.S. Uh, allied films with him in there talking about, you know, I'm here to fight against my uncle. I mean, it was like a, you know, yeah, no, but, let's go America type of crap, you know. Not crap, but you but, know what I'm saying. The, the feeling at the time. Like I said, I just, today. <laughs> yeah, Bin Laden, come here. we got a mission for you. Yeah. We're sending you, the transgender folks, over to take care of that <laughs> bunker. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, now here's the thing. Now, here's a, here's another little story that I can guarantee you 99% of Americans don't know. But all Hitler's, known Hitler's relatives, male, are all living in the United States. There's five of them left. And none of them, they actually, they didn't have a pack in writing, um, but they came to a verbal agreement many, many, many years ago, that none of them would get married and none of them would get, have children. And they have held true to their word. Um, I think the youngest one I was 54 years old. Um, but his, William's kids, because William Hitler had children, and they had four sons. And there was one other son by, I think it's his, um, his half-brother had a, had a son as well. So, and his half-brother's child had a child. So there's actually some little Hitlers running around. Yeah, but but none of them, out of the last remaining, as far as we know, none of them have married and had children. And one of them uh, actually lives right here in the great state of New York. So. And he changed the name to Cuomo. So <laughs> I, find that, I find that interesting. <laughs> Google, yeah. Google it. Google it, yeah, right? See what you get. Now, here's the, yeah, the thing Cuomo's about... original name, Hitler. So Google <laughs> it, see what you get. Oh boy, we're gonna be on CNN. Um, Chris Cuomo's gonna come after us. Um, but uh, Christopher, come on. There's a picture of his market Japanese. We'll get to the Japanese in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to Japanese in a minute. But uh, now, what? what really, the, the, the basis of this this show uh, wasn't to idolize Hitler in any way, shape, or form. 
But to see how he grasped those people, brought them, and gained power, and the immense power, and like you said, you know, the country was in devastation, they were broke, they were starving, the resources were being mined by France, and, you know, French were just flicking them off whenever they complained. Literally, this is what was going on. And um, especially the coal. The coal is being uh, taken by France. Um, so people had nothing to heat their homes with. And Hitler comes into the situation and he starts with this party, then the Nazi party, and they grow and they grow and they grow it. And, you know, when he first got into it, it had like 3,000 members. And by the time he's named chancellor, it had 33 million, you know, people in the party. I mean, that's just amazing. He... By 19, May of 1933, he was the supreme ruler of Germany, and he came. He was named chancellor in uh, January of 1933. You know, so just in a few months, he just consolidated everything. And um, what he did was he made the entire world the enemy of the German people, but he blamed it on one specific group: yeah. the Jews. The Jews did this. The Jews did that. The Jews sold asunder the jews control our business and at the time you know the jewish germans did have a lot of business interest in germany and they did control a lot of the wealth that's you can't debate that but they certainly weren't responsible for this, the world no. war one and or you know any of that thing for you know christ's sakes um you know and there's a lot of countries in america that supported hitler you know people forget you know that henry ford supported adolf hitler uh john f kennedy's grandfather supported adolf hitler uh disney supported Adolf Hitler. Um, these are well-established facts. These are make-believe stuff. You can actually research, just Google it, as Anna likes to say. Um, uh, actually, uh, the Ford company, I want to say it was Ford, actually was making uh, military parts uh, for the German war machine at one point. Um, and I believe this is before Germany declared war in the United States, obviously. Um, interesting note, um, we never declared war on Germany. Germany declared war on us. Um, people don't know that. It's one of those little facts in history. You know, we declared war on Japan um, after Pearl Harbor. Eventually. Yeah, and one day after we did that, Germany declared war on us, but we never declared war on Germany. So. Now, now, think how that would have played out. <laughs> if, Ger if Germany's like, you know what, we're getting a lot of parts from these people. <laughs> I get it. I get it. The emperor pissed them off. Let them fight. Could you do it? Could you do And they were allies. Could you do that? Right. Well, I Would think you have been able to do that? It was Just fighting Japan? It was Roosevelt. Not fighting Germany. Well, Roosevelt, that was the idea, was, you know, they wanted to take care of the Pacific threat because it was more of a threat to the United States, the Japan, uh, yeah. Japanese army. Oh, yeah. And that was the whole reason why we didn't go to war on Germany, uh, from what I understand, was the thought process of we'll take care of Japan first, then we'll get involved in European theater. Well, Hitler wasn't letting us have that. You know, we were already knee-deep in the Lend-Lease Act, yeah, yeah. You know, with Britain and uh, the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, Britain and the Soviet Union would not have survived without the Lend-Lease Act. That is well, a fact. Not. That is a fact. Um, the, the Matilda tanks um, that we helped uh, the, the Britons, uh, the Brits get to uh, Russia, um, helped in the defense of Moscow uh, and Stalingrad, um, you know, during the war. Uh, if we didn't supply what we did, um, Russia would have fell. The Soviet Union would have fallen. I truly believe that. And Apple's writing notes, which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, so he gave the the German people a common enemy, and uh, and that was the Jewish people. And you know, this is where he was a genius. Uh, he saw the opportunities. He saw what needed to be done to gain the power he wanted and he did it and he implemented a plan and it, it was a genius move and the whole thought process behind it took years to accomplish it to accomplish it but he did it and that's the fact the guy was a genius in that aspect and i'm sorry people can't cannot argue against that as far as i'm concerned was he a madman yeah i think so pretty much but he was also a genius you know some aspects he wasn't a military genius he took gambles. no no he wasn't he took huge gambles and <laughs> This, you know, in the war in the, in the Soviet Union, when it first started going bad for the Germans, it was still savable. But it was Hitler's putting his nose in and overriding the generals that led to the disaster and annihilation of, you know, entire German armies uh, and being captured. Well, you know, it's, I see a joke about it, but he studied he studied military leaders. And, right, and that Napoleon. Thing, Napoleon, <laughs> who, who defied, decided to fight Russia in the winter and got his ass kicked. Obviously, Hitler missed the whole key point of that lesson and did the same thing. And that what's fascinating about that is when he conquered France and Paris, 
He went to Paris. He spent one day in Paris. It was the first place that he went, he went to Napoleon's tomb. I have a picture of it. Yeah, well, you yeah, know. you know, I mean, like, just pay homage. And oh. here's Dunny. <laughs> he goes and does the same thing. Okay, I get it. Because <laughs> I'm five six myself. Us short people got to stick together. Yeah, sure. And you know, the little guys, the little guys <laughs> got to stick guys. together. So yeah. even Alexander Great was like five foot four. Yeah, he, he was. He was a little guy. Little guy. Yeah, he was That's a little guy. He can live for us. Absolutely. He caused all kinds of problems. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. So it was. It was. Amazing, amazing again. Not in a good way, but you know, the people weren't allowed to have weapons. They nope. trained with brooms and shovels, and you know, and you got the youth organized and youth Hit involved, the and uh, you know, the brown shirts. And uh, I guess now, if we had that going on with Trump, I guess it'd be the spray tans. But <laughs> you know, but but I, I you know, I I actually had the great privilege of working at a particular place and I was much younger, I was 20 years old, and I worked there for a good 14 years of my life, I'm not going to name it. And I worked with a woman, I'm not going to name her, um, and she was much older, obviously, and she's still around, and her father was a Nazi um, during the war. And uh, he was captured during the war, and he ended up dying in um, the Gulag in Russia mm -hmm. um, as prisoner of war. But uh, she, um, how can I put this, doesn't believe the Allied propaganda about the extermination of the Jews. I mean, she's, the thought process, remember, I was 20 to 21 years old, I would have conversation with her. I could still see there was a lot of pride, you know, in the Third Reich, um, in this person. And she's a great person, you know, I, 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 I know it sounds weird. Uh, is there any Jewish listeners out there? And I, I'm not trying to um, uh, offend anybody. I, part of my family is probably Jewish. Uh, no joke. At least I found traces of it. Um, and they fled Germany uh, right before the war broke out. Uh, but uh, it, you can still see the pride, you know, in in, in the relatives. Right. Uh, uh, you know, they're directly involved. And uh, she was a little girl, and she remembers, you know, um, again, she's much older than me. I mean, guys, she's got to be pushing 80. You know, if not more at this point, but uh, she remembers uh, what it was like. Uh, well, and I'll tell you what's going to be crazy at some point is there's every decade, decade and a half, there's a push by someone, some group, to try to validify their claim that the Holocaust never happened. Yep. Um, in, in our current day and age of rewriting history, I really think within a generation, maybe two, they're going to get their way. That could be. It'll be, a, it'll be a vague memory. No one will be around to talk about it or say that I was there. It, and it's, it's crazy because it was a horrible thing. It was, it was a horrible thing. It was one of several horrible things. I mean, they talk about the Holocaust and the sixteen Jews, but Stalin and Russia committed similar atrocities, just Stalin. not just not on such a world stage. Stalin was worse. He oh, yeah. exterminated twenty three million of his own people. Twenty three million. Yeah. And people look it up. It's actually I think it's I'm wrong. It may be twenty eight million, but I mean it's nuts. It's it's over 20 million. I know that for a fact. It's at least 23 million, if not 28. But he wiped out whole family generations. He took out everybody. Goodbye. Off they went, you know. Um, and again, you know, it, 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 uh, the, look, the Germans definitely had death camps. I had relatives in those days. Polish oh, death camps. Absolutely, they definitely, absolutely. definitely did. There's no doubt about that. That happened. None whatsoever. And in this go after Jews, you know, here's the interesting fact that Hitler's. Uh, had a niece um, that had, uh, re you know, uh, mentally handicapped, and uh, they were exterminated as well, his own niece. Now, there's no evidence that Hitler was aware that she was being exterminated, but uh, uh, she was um, in a gas chamber. Um, you know, it, basically, if you were disabled anyway, you were deaf, blind, whatever, um, the German machine, and, you know, I'm going to sound like a nut job, and I'm about to come to my mouth here, and, and I haven't even had a shot yet, which we're going to do in a second. <laughs> 
But, uh, and I actually wrote a paper about this, I think it was in the seventh grade, and I think my parents got called to the school over it. And it wasn't because I felt this was the right way to do things. I was just pointing out a logical way, like Mr. Spock would have, because my hero was, you know, what Hitler did was, in the German machine, what they did was extremely logical. They took care of all the dead weight in the society that was dragging down the GDP and exterminated. I mean, look at the billions in today's terms of money they saved on their bottom line. And it increased their war effort, you know, the ability to produce weapons of war. Now, again, I'm not saying that was right. What I'm saying it was logical, and if you had no emotions and you were just a logical thinking being, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying that's what they did. So we'll, we'll get to the Star Trek reference <laughs> after we have a shot of sake. Uh, but there's an interesting side story that people may or may not know that I'm going to bring about that. But point of order. <laughs> point of order. We just talked about if you had any kind of handicap or deformity or whatever. Um, they were doing that back in Sparta. Yeah. Our great Greek civilization, that was that was probably rule number two or three in Sparta, that if you didn't produce a healthy, at least male, they were cast into a pet as a rule. Mm-hmm. You know. We are Sparta. We are Sparta, right. absolutely. Um, so, you know, Hitler wasn't the first one to come up with this plan. Um, he could have taken it from military history, but just right, it does it does uh, streamline the burdens on society so that they can be put to better use. And he, uh, they went after, um, from what I understand, um, the, the elderly as well. At one point, where there were extremely poor older people that weren't contributing anything to society. They were taken out as well, which again, from a logical standpoint, if you look at our... In the United States, our nursing home costs and our, our health care costs and dealing with old people. I, again, I know it sounds sick. I'm not saying it's right. It's not emotionally right, especially with someone like me who's against even something as simple as abortion. You know, but taking out entire generations and annihilating them. But from a logical standpoint, if you were just a species of base completely illogic, it's exactly what you would do. Well, and thank God for Donald Trump because he eliminated the Obamacare death panels. <laughs> and we're not going to have that killing off the elderly <laughs> thing going on. So, thank you, Mr. Trump, President Trump. Uh, we are going to do a shot. Uh, this is the finest sake, and it's a, I'm not going to say it, it's Japanese. And just a little note about this. I'm a big sake drinker, people. And it's made out of rice. It's rice wine. And what happens with this stuff is it won't give you a headache. You can get drunk on this stuff. You might throw up, but you're not going to get a headache from it. That's the great thing about this stuff. The second great thing about this stuff, you can drink it cold. You can drink it hot. You can mix it with stuff. I like it hot, and I like it with uh, uh, soy sauce. You drop a little soy sauce in there, and it actually tastes like licorice candy. It's really, really good. So right now we're going to pour uh, it comes to this if I can well. And you'll see this up on our webpage. You may just uh, add these again. Your major liquor stores are carrying this. You won't find it in a bar. I've yet to sit down and be able to order a shot other than a Japanese bar. I have one in a Japanese bar. Although when Jeff was explaining this to me, he misspoke and said soy sauce and said tartar sauce. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe you drop a little tartar sauce and it might taste like Swedish fish. It could. But we are not going to try that with try the first that. shot. Every time we get to the bottom of this huge arse bottle, we might try that. Yeah. All right, here's to swimming with, with bow-legged women. women. What do you think? That wasn't bad. No, it's not bad at all. It's going to give it a bad aftertaste. I must have had some bad sake at some point. That's not what I remember. Yeah, it's really good if you have a cold. Uh, you sit over it, put the cup of it hot, put it under your nose, and just take in the fumes. Uh, yeah, it really does work, folks. There's almost no taste to it. I love it. Whenever yeah, it I'm sick and I'm cold, that's what I drink. I'd say vodka, but it doesn't burn like vodka does. Mmm. <laughs> sake is a note. Sake is good. Oh, really good. Double Mazzagato. Um. <clears throat> so, before we went to the shot, we were talking. So, again, if you've listened to the show, and I know not a lot of you have yet, um, I use a lot of my research based on the uh, historical archives of Gene Roddenberry in Star Trek. Star Trek. So, there was actually an episode, 
of Star Trek, where the Enterprise was investigating a planet. They had sent a scientist to observe the culture and make notes and whatever. Bottom line, the scientist John Gill kind of got involved with the culture. Uh, they were very um, much like the German people. They were very uh, economically depressed. They were beaten down. They were struggling to survive, blah, 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 blah. And he pulled on his knowledge of history the one era that showed a group of people that basically pulled themselves up by their bootstraps in amazing adversary and became a power. And it was the Nazi regime. Um, of course, all things go bad um, <laughs> because you can't you can't use such a such a brutal example and hope to get good results just because you have good intentions. Um, the highway to hell is paved with those, and Kirk and Spock and McCoy have to go in and oh stop them from waging war on their neighboring planet. And, but it was. It was all Nazi. It was Nazi uniforms, and that's the it was history. A great episode. It was a great episode. You know yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, and again, it, you know, Spock talked about the fact that it, it's it's a great example from a uh, economical, political view, but the overall result was just a train wreck. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know. And, Nazi Germany, again, efficiency. <coughs> it was by far the most efficient government uh, oh, of the time. Um, everything ran. Trains ran on time. They did you run know. Time. <laughs> Everything ran on time. Yeah, story about Hitler and train, too. Yes. Yeah. Was he conducted on a train? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. He did have the Volkswagen Beetle developed yes. in Germany as the people's car. That's where the Volkswagen Beetle comes from. No, um, I can't remember. There was something about a train. The... Tiger Tank. I can remember it was a Tiger Tank and a Panzer um, Tikes, but uh, one of the two, uh, there was a competition. Now, like any company, you would bid it out, uh, just like in today's world, uh, like with defense contractors, so who would get the contract to build the tanks? And Porsche was actually involved with that at one point. Um, right. and, but Porsche did not get the contract. I'll make sure that Porsche did not build the tanks. Um, but, uh, you know, look in Japan, Mitsubishi, I mean, they built planes. They uh, built the Zeros. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Japanese Zero. Um, Hello, plane. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, uh, Vol was it Volvo or no? What's the other German car company? I'm drawing a blank right now. Mercedes. 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 Built, yeah, built weapons of war for uh, Germany during the war. Um, as, well, I don't know if Ford did it during the war. I know they did it before, but regardless. Um, so it, it is what it is, I guess. You know, um, it is what it is. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's again um, great intentions always seem to go amok. Yeah, you know, here's an interesting little fact. Um, before uh, Hitler decided to, as he put it, kick in the bloody door of Russia, um, and the whole house will come down, his words, by the way. Um, there was actually uh, officer exchanges between the Red Army and uh, the German Army. And uh, the German officers went over to Russia uh, to view one of their tank factories. Um, and this is before the T-34 was being built or anything like that. And the German officers were kind of miffed because they felt that the Russians were holding back technology from or their, their, their key tanks. Um, because the tanks that were being shown were nothing compared to what Germany was working on. And they really felt like the, the Russians were hiding stuff from them. And uh, they were astounded when they finally figured out that the, the Russians really didn't have any heavy platforms yet. You know, their tanks were really archaic compared to the Germans. Mm -hmm. um, and when the German officers went back and reported this to their superiors, who went on to report it to their superiors and went unrelated to Hitler, it even gave Hitler more of a boost, thinking, all right, well, their tanks are even up to our, you know, Blitzkrieg armor divisions. Right. Blitzkrieg means lightning war, by the way. And uh, so he felt very confident he could overrun uh, the Soviet Union within six months that he would have a conquered, um, and that was his plan. Um, unfortunately, um, as the war dragged on and they got into the winter months, and of course the entire Russian landscape turns into one big pit of mud, the German tanks were so heavy they would sink in the mud and they couldn't move, 
And the Russians had developed a new tank, and it was called a T-34. Now, it wasn't superior in any way, shape, or form in firepower um, in comparison to the Tiger tanks, but they were more maneuverable, they were faster, um, they could handle the mud situation, and they actually something new in armor that I've seen before. They had sloped armor. Uh, Russia was the first country to use sloped armor, so the shells, if they weren't hit right, would actually bounce off at an angle. Deflect. Yeah, yeah deflect off the, uh, the Russian T-34 tank. Uh, interesting little side note. No, the Sherman tanks, by any comparison, were junk. The first batch of Sherman tanks were junk. They were. You know, seriously, if you read reports about the, the guys who drove those, uh, you know, rode them, tank commander stuff, they would tell you that, uh, you know, they would, a, a shell would come through, once that would be a machine gun shell, would come through the freaking armor and rattle around inside. It wouldn't go all the way through, but it would come in, into the apartment, and rattle yeah. around, they hope they wouldn't get hit. And the Sherman tanks were tough, but the armor was weak. So they would come back, the entire crew would be dead, there was a crew, um, crews I should say, uh, by the U.S. Army. They would go in and spray the tanks out with water to clean off all the blood of the dead soldiers uh, there with a prior tank crew. And then a new crew would take that tank, and the blood was all gone, so they didn't know <laughs> the tank had been repaired and already went through hell and killed the entire crew in the battle. True story. You cannot make this stuff up. <laughs> you want that job. You know, and, you know, Patton himself did warn the U.S., you know, the U.S. government, you know, the U.S. Army, you know, those... The Sherman tanks uh, really aren't cut out for this. Uh, the later versions of it were, which like the M6 or something, or the M8, but um, that was much later than war. But they were not, uh, uh, they were not uh, up to par in the beginning, to say the least. No. Huh. So, yeah. Um, again, we are in no way endorsing Adolf. No, absolutely and the things not. that happened. No. Um, but you've got to acknowledge how close he came. He came how close he came. In fact, here's a little, here's a little something. And I'm going to mention it now, early in our broadcast history, because right now, according to demographics, we have no North Korean listeners. <laughs> Kim, instead of doing what you're doing now with these technological missiles that you're trying to launch, dig up the blueprints of a V-2 because they stood a lot better chance of reaching American soil than whatever you're doing. Go back, go back 60, 70 years in history. Dig up those old, go old school, Kim. <laughs> go old school if you want to get your payload to where it wants to go and not in the middle <laughs> of the sea. Because let me tell you, if you had a little more time to develop those V-2s, it would have been a whole different ballgame. Well, yeah, well, um, was a Von Brunger, mm -hmm. I can't remember his last name, but he came over and ran NASA, and he's one guy to the moon. It was his rocket program. Um, and he was the one, to, you know, now Operation Paperclip, for those who don't know what that was, that's a real program, it's declassified now, so you can see all the reports. Uh, but uh, Operation Paperclip was the program that we used that uh, as soon as the war ended, we went into Germany and snatched up as many German scientists as we could before the Soviet Union got them. Um, and it was, they were all smuggled into America under Operation Paperclip. And uh, they lived for a long time. They lived um, in like little private military compounds and they couldn't leave. They were large and they, they lived well, uh, them and their families, but they couldn't leave. And then later they were released in society with new papers, new documentation. And basically the U.S. government sponged the records as being Nazis and uh, Nazi scientists as well. Um, very true. Uh, no joke. Um, you know, and Hitler had all of these different programs going on, and he was really close to building the atomic bomb. I mean, they were they were having the same problem that the Manhattan Project was on keeping uh, certain materials together in the bomb process. And we went a different route. We decided to change uh, the direction we were at at some point. Uh, Dr. Von Neumann, was it? I can't remember. Um, and... They use a different material or a different uh, fission material or something, or different uranium or whatever the hell it was. It was something different. The Germans never made the switch, and that's why they did not complete their atomic bomb. But another year, and they would have had it. And in another year, um, they would have had long-range stealth bombers that could have reached America. Mm -hmm. You know, um, That's just really scary. Um, they actually, after the war, uh, there were plans found. Uh, by the German High Command, 
um, that detailed invasions of America. You know, Germany invading America. I mean, this is, this is far out stuff. They had detailed plans of what they're going to do after they won the war, and that was to eventually go to war with the United States uh, and invade us on an animal plan. And one of that, one of the part of the plan, the major part of the plan, was dropping atomic bombs over America. No joke. That would have to be part of the plan because yeah. a conventional war would not have worked out well for Germany. No, not not in 1940. No, everybody uh, had a gun back then. weren't even in today. And I think. they were ready to, yeah, yeah go to town. Um, side note: We didn't talk about this at all. Um, part of our show deals with the paranormal and. All that kind of craziness. Hitler was a fanatic when it came to the occult and the mystical and things like that. And um, he was, you know, I would tell you what, if he was alive today, we'd probably be trying to book him at the Snipe <laughs> Paranormal Expo and Film Festival. And remember, the views broadcast in this show or not. <laughs> this guy was about the occult. He was about the mystic. He was about the weird. He was about the... Uh, strange well, and how it could be how it could be used. They were looking for the damn Holy Grail. I get it. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're right. I'm just saying you're if, right. Dave. And if I knew where the Hitler clones were in Brazil, I'd be calling them. Hey, we could use you as a guest speaker at the Southern New York Paranormal Expo and Film Festival, which is September 23rd in Owego, New York. Just a shameless plug of my part. We, right, we wouldn't really invite Hitler. Well, well, maybe, maybe. But anyways. Um, no, you're right about that. There really was, you know, people, Indiana Jones, the movies there. But, no, Hitler really wasn't, you know, they did, the Third Reich really was looking for the Holy Grail. They were looking for Noah's Ark. They did all this uh, archaeology. I think there was more Hitler wanted to do it, I'm sure. Yeah, but this, Some of the other Jones were like, what the, no, that, yeah, what no, 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 no. What the fuck? But Hitler was bringing back the, oh, you know, Hitler, the original yeah. 12 Knights of the Round Table or whatever. Yeah. I mean, this crazy stuff, folks. I mean, just nuts. You know, I can't remember which general, I don't want to say it was Hitler. But, you know, there was lampshades made out of Jewish skin in their house. I mean, just crazy stuff that you you can't make this stuff up, but it's true. I mean, just nuts. Um, but you're right. Hitler was very into uh, He was very into it. He, was, he would be a listener. You know, here's another thing. He was actually even hooked to his death. Now, which is controversial, or controversial as well, but um, he was tied to the Catholic Church. He actually gave money to the Catholic Church almost through his entire adult life. Um Especially when he came into money, as being know, here in Germany. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and another thing about Hitler, now, uh, there's some documentaries out there that highly suggest that Hitler um, did not shoot himself in the bunker um, at the end of the war. Um, and some of the evidence is pretty good. I've looked at it, and it is a bit convincing, I must say. And the Russians have completely made a mockery of the evidence they did have, seeing if Hitler was found. Um, I can say, I think, in a pretty good 90% sure factor of 90%, not 100%, but 90% that the Russians did not find Hitler's body. I'm almost positive of that myself at this point. Um, the skull fragments that they have don't match. They're missing parts. Of the, they disappeared. I mean, the evidence just isn't there. It simply isn't there. And, and again, I'm doing absolutely no research, but as, as narcissistic as I believe Hitler was, Taking your own life isn't part of that personality. No, it isn't. It, it isn't. And giving up isn't part of that personality either. Sure. So um, between him, Elvis, Kennedy, there's an island somewhere <laughs> on this world. Actually, I'm thinking it's a chain of islands. I think each one Bruce has their own. There, Jim I, think each, I think each one has their own <laughs> island. But um, there's an island that this guy's... Well, he'd probably be close to dead by now, but... Well, yeah, he was... He was... Well... He was 50, what, 50, 52, 53 in 1945? I get it, but... Well, yeah. But, um... Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're saving the Hitler clones for another show. Oh, that is another show. That'd be another oh, show. Oh, my gosh, that's definitely and, another uh, show. And Mengla. Mengla, is that his name? Dr. Mengla? Yeah, Dr. Mengla, yeah. Um, I'll have to rewatch my Boys from Brazil and some of the other movies the... Uh, the, uh, what's the one with Dustin Hoffman? The Running Man? No, that's, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's the one with, what's the one with... Dustin? Ray Man? No, no. Yeah, well, that was Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> not that one. Uh, what was it? That's the one with the death. Uh, <laughs> Did they got shame with you? Dustin Hoffman. Joseph Mengler. I don't know. 
don't know. It's a yeah. it's a movie. I know I can't think of the yeah. title. It's not Running Man. It's not Rain Man. Um, it's not Three Days of the Condor. <laughs> Maybe Three Days of the Condor. I don't think it's Three Days of the Condor. Um, I'll look it up. But uh, that's a whole other show. Another so, show. Another show. Another show. So, um, I touched on a little earlier by giving Kim Jong Il a little pointer, um, but there's a lot of craziness going on right now with North Korea again. Yes. Again. They just uh, not that long ago they had launched another ballistic missile. Several. Yeah. I think they were doing back to back to back tests over the weekend. That weekend. Yeah. Uh, the thing about that, and you know. Yes, you, you see in the news and making a big deal of it, you know, it can reach the continent of the United States. Yes, it can. But people forget to realize these are empty missiles. They're not carrying a warhead. Um, and obviously, if you're carrying a payload, that reduces your amount of fuel you can carry and how far the missile can actually go. I am not convinced they can actually reach the continent of the United States. They can probably reach Alaska at this point, and they can probably reach Hawaii, yes, uh, Guam. Um, but I am not convinced with a payload of any magnitude that could actually reach America's coastline of California. No, I do not believe that. But, I mean, he's kind of got a shoestring thing going on anyways. How hard would it be to put a suitcase nuke in one and send? I mean, how big does your payload have to be to, well, here's to the, make your point? Well, no, here's the thing, though. Like, a suitcase nuke is actually a little bit sophisticated. I don't think they have that level of sophistication. Oh, okay. I'm not sure they can buy it. I think, yeah, but the thing is, the nuclear weapons they have are very large, um, like Fat Man, Little Boy, right. okay, the, the ones that were dropped in atomic uh, during Japan during uh, the war. Um, but that's the kind of technology they have right now when it comes to that. Um, they don't know how to put it on top of a missile as of yet. That could change in six months, but it's not going to change in six months because I would make a prediction on a show, which I may have made in another one. Um, but I truly believe we are going to strike North Korea first, the United States. Um, yeah, he's writing it down. Whack. Whack North Korea. And I did make a prediction. NK. Last year. NC's North Carolina. That Russia would invade Ukraine, which I think will happen around the same time um, because all the eyes will be on North Korea. Um, and by the way, Russia just moved an entire army group back to the Ukraine border. Uh, we're talking. Over 100,000 troops. They're not playing around. Um, so, but North Korea, uh, look, it, we've got three aircraft carrier battle groups over there. It's the first time ever we had that many battle groups. We have the entire, you know, squadrons of 16s, over 100 of them over there right now. We have the B 2 stealth bombers, not two, you know, there's at least 15 of them over there. We have the B 2 stealth bombers, the B 1s, I'm sorry, and then B 2. We have um, almost every single F-22 over there. There's 115, I think, in working order. Um, there's a couple flying around for air shows. But other than that, you know, the F-22s mm -hmm. are over there, which is by far 10 times the plane the F-35 is. Um, the F-35s are there, you know, the F-18s, the F-14s, the F-15s. Everything is stationed over there right now. Destroyers, uh, submarines with Tomahawk missiles. I mean, like, the list goes on and on and on. We are gearing up. People are being activated, you know, that are reservists in this country. Very quietly. People are well, got people on my, web, on my Facebook page. I know they're being activated. We are going to hit them. Now, we only have about 30,000 troops over there right now. And they have a plan on what to do, I'm sure, um, after they hit all these targets. Because really what they're worried about is the Scud missiles, all the artillery that's uh, pointed, you know, at uh, Seoul. Uh, these are the things that they're extremely worried about. These are the targets they want to hit first. But then they want a very rapid response to take out Kim himself as fast as possible so the regime will fall. They're not going to try and capture this guy. They're going to kill him. Um, if they're smart. No, they, this is, if, no I'm telling if, you, they're I'm, smart. I'm just saying, if yeah, they're smart. We, what, we have made this mistake before where yeah. it's been a capture, not a kill. And yeah, this it's is, just drag things out. Yeah, this is not a pussyfoot operation. No, this is going to be hardcore. And... I don't think it's going to be easy, and I, I, I think when Matt has said this will be, you know, the worst war Americans have seen since 1953, I think he wasn't, you know, this is not going to be a cakewalk like Iraq. Iraq was a joke. Um, this is not going to be like that at all, you know, or Afghanistan, again, a joke compared to this. Not that what these servicemen and women did over in those countries um, wasn't... Uh, it, Crazy, and I, you know, I had some friends that were there in Afghanistan, and um, one of them deals with uh, trauma 
you know, every time he hears a, a bang or a noise, like the dude freaks out. He's underneath the desk. I mean, like, you know. Well, and I'll say, we, we've got a president in office right now that is not political. Nope. He's not a political man. He's a, he's not a mil, he's not a military man either. Nope. But he's more inclined with the military do their thing. Yep. They worry about the political ramifications, and that if it comes to pass, you'll see that makes a world difference. Yep. World of difference. Yeah. Um, point of order. Uh, fat man and little boy was not a slam on overweight people and short <laughs> people. It was actually the name of the first two bouts we dropped in Japan. Uh, that's another thing you're going to have to Google. Uh, just, we did see you the show on that. I just, I just don't want the mail coming <laughs> from Overeaters Anonymous and short people because we've been slamming short people with Hitler and Napoleon in yeah. the last today. Kim, Kim Jong Il, and yeah. <laughs> um, that might be a whole other show. Is the level of lunacy in a dictator versus his size and height? But um, yeah, so I just want to make sure we're clear on that for much further. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's my prediction. We're going to hit them. Um, we're going to hit them. We're going to choose our, to be on our hour and our time when we do it. Um, then I think the Soviet, or Russia was going to invade Ukraine around the same time because all the eyes in the world will be focused on Korea. Yeah, and that'll be, that'll be part for the course because even if we have a success, successful outcome in Korea, as successful as we can have, um, people will say, well, you weren't paying attention to Russia and what were you doing? It's really interesting to see how Chinese react because, you know, right now the Chinese use North Korea as a buffer between the U.S. forces being stationed and, you know, a buffer between them. Um, there's no really good scenario for the Chinese. They're the ones that lose the most because, A, they don't want uh, a nuclear North Korea on their border. They can have weapons that reach their, you know, their cities as well. But they want that buffer. Um, they're in a really bad spot. And the worst thing they want is they don't want Japan involved because they're to this day, the Chinese are still very fearful of Japan. Even though Japan is a very small army and a very small navy, they're very sophisticated. And the Chinese have never forgotten the ass-kicking, because that's what it was, the Japanese gave them during the war. Um, well, and the Japanese are crazy mother-forkers, if you and, know what I mean. And, um, my dad served in the Marine Corps in the Pacific during World War II. He oh, was wow. a Marine Corps raider. And um, they were... They were fanatical. Again, that would be a whole nother. That would be a whole nother show with a lot more sake than we got here. Yeah. Um, we're getting near the end. Yes, we are. So we haven't mentioned some people. We haven't mentioned diversity broadcasting. Uh, www.diversitybroadcastingnetwork.com, where you can hear us every night. Not every night. Every Friday night. Um, technically at ten o'clock. But if the boys on Purple Tide get finished early, they start our show right away. Oh, wow. I found that out the last couple weeks. So if you want to catch all of us in all our glory, uh, including the first 28 seconds of Sasquatch screaming at us, <laughs> uh, you might want to tune in five, seven minutes before 10. Uh, even if you have to listen to the Purple Tide guys, they're kind of funny. Eh, sometimes not, but they're kind of funny. And then you'll definitely catch our whole program until we run to the end. Uh, uh, we are Let's Talk It All at Let's Talk It All dot com. Uh, Jeff, you can reach that Jeff at Let's Talk It All dot com, or I'm Anvil, spelled with an E at the end at Let's Talk It All dot com for our emails, and we welcome them. We enjoy getting emails. We haven't done emails in a while. We've been kind of busy with other things, but we will get back to that. Um, what else? The Snipe Fest we mentioned that a little bit ago. Um, again. Just to clarify, we're not having Hitler there. Um, but the Snipe Fest will be uh, September 23rd from 10 to 6 in Owego, New York. Uh, if you don't know about Owego, New York, Google it and look it up on a map. Uh, we're right kind of on the PA border in central south New York. Uh, it'll be a good time. Uh, we got the expo going with the paranormal stuff. And then we got a film festival that has um, paranormal themed movies, which we've seen some. They're pretty cool, they're pretty good. And I will let Jeff take it from here. And then the final note of tonight. Seek higher! <laughs>